gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? The show starts in ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Electricity here in Columbia. Well, it's been buzzing loudly all weekend. Passion of the crowd in Newton Price Stadium is second to none. And the rain breaks out in Columbia. It is good! Gamecock fans, welcome home. See how it goes, uh, but we'll be ready to go. It's time to root. Let's go, Carolina! It's gone! Touchdown! He makes it in! Can you believe it? The have won this game! Here are your hosts, J.C. Sherbert. Watch him celebrate now! Phil Molinax. My wife doesn't like hanging around losers. And Jamie Bradford. I'm going to tell you, you look like you joined Doug Dynasty. All right, greetings and good morning. Welcome aboard inside the Gamecocks, the show live from the Sinorama Studios and teed up by TravelingCountryClub.com. It is Tuesday, April the 11th, and we are here until 1 o'clock, JB, JC, and Phil Sinorama, of course, is the preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics. They are the best in the business, and as you make your way towards Williams-Brice Stadium this weekend for the 2023 version of the Garnet and Black Spring Game in Columbia, you will see their signage everywhere. If you've ever been to Williams-Brice Stadium, you have seen their signage everywhere, much like Founders Park, Colonial Life Arena, and so many more other areas of campus and all across the city of Columbia. And oh, by the way, all across the state of South Carolina. That's why we have chosen them to be our partner here. Sinorama 803-407-9288. Four. Sorry I was out yesterday. I uh, had a, I don't know, maybe she's figuring out how out hooky early. But one of my children apparently was sick. But once mom walked out the door to go see patients, she was fine. Uh, so uh, we, we, we just kind of had to hang around all day. But she's at school today. And I've played that game before. I didn't start it at four years old, though. But uh, glad to be back. We'll be joined by lunch pail hail Owen McGranahan. At 11.20, so 15 minutes away from that. He's got the official post-spring depth chart out. It's official. Uh, No reason to ask Coach Beamer or anything like that. Hale's got it. He's on, and he's been out there all spring long. And um, and so we'll take his word, uh, and and, and that'll just be our word until we get to game one against North Carolina coming up in um, in, in the fall. It is National Pet Day, guys. We all have pets. We all love them. Capers and Deweese are just over my shoulder. Uh, if you are, this is Deweese, and this one's Capers. He's almost 16 years old. So that's a picture we took yesterday morning, just sitting there waiting for something to fall in the kitchen, which is their that's that's their signature move. Uh, he's had he's got some some rough hip hip issues. Capers does, but when it's time to cook. 
quick like a cat would. He'll be underneath you in no time. Uh, so happy National Pet Day to all of the pets and all of the pet owners out there. We got plenty of baseball to get to today as well, of course. Uh, the uh, mailbox is full, so we'll empty that. And the chat box is always full, and we'll make sure we get to all of you. Sean's already got an interesting uh, question in there on conference alignment or realignment, so we'll get to that in a little while. But first and foremost, good after, good morning, uh, Phil. Good morning, JC. What's up? Good morning. No, doing well. I didn't realize it was pet day. I've got a couple of pets. Pet day, yeah, my dog. the hell out of me. Yeah. <laughs> I think he senses that there's something special about today because he's been uh, barking and running around and all that good stuff. And the turtle now, uh, she was looking at me earlier, but now she's turned her shell the other way and staring uh, out the window. So she must be disappointed. Uh, as Longingly awaiting the outdoors. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah. Tur- I don't think of turtles when I think of National Pet Day, but they are pets to some i guess right i know yeah well it's like it's like people who keep snakes in their house do y'all know anybody that owns a snake (laughs) not that i would hang out with yeah there's some people that love them not me dude i'm not a snake person at all no at all i mean uh no i mean some people own these poisonous snakes and stuff i'm like how do you consider those I just, yeah, not me. I, I'm not a snake person. I, ugh, you know, no. not me. Uh, um, my youngest daughter claims that somebody in the neighborhood owns a king cobra, but we've we've yet to confirm. <laughs> Maybe somebody in the neighborhood drinks king cobra. Right. Well, that? Um, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that wasn't. That didn't taste like battery acid or anything, did it? <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, uh, it's been a long time. That was back when I would drink. Any, when I was a kid, like t- college. You just drink anything because it was like a dollar. Yeah, <laughs> and exactly. So you'd maybe go on the OE or the King Cobra or the the Boone's Farm. Saint mm. Ides, Craiger comes yeah. in with. Yeah, uh, yeah. Mm, Schlitz malt liquor. Mm. No, I, 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 man, I couldn't do all that. I mean, I got the, out of it. Nah, we we did I, push light stuff. But. Brief time. I found my I found my my niche with Milwaukee's best. So you drink mm. that now. No, no, back then. No, oh, yeah, oh too I rich. thought you meant like... No. I'm too rich to be drinking what the poor people drink. I'm a kid. <laughs> well. I, I'm like I'm like Miller Lite since I'm so bougie and all. But, you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Nah, I eat. Man, all that stuff, man. That's for the birds. I, I can't get into all that stuff. And what's well, it's almost like the, um, the, uh, the, the real sugary stuff. You know, like, uh, you remember when Smirnoff Ice became a thing? Probably 20, what do you think? 20, almost 25 years ago, somewhere in there. Mm. It became, that was a thing, you know? And I know a lot of the girls I hung out with, like, even, like, in high school, high school parties and stuff, they'd all have Smirnoff Ices. I remember having one, and I was like, dude, this makes me want to puke. Just felt like you were drinking a bag of sugar. Yeah. I came that. up in the Zima era. It was yeah. uh they'd put Jolly Ranchers in the Zima you'd give girls nicknames based on anyway. So yeah. Zimas. I hear you. But uh I think White Claw in some ways is the new Zima. Yeah. 
unfortunately, yeah. and I drink the White Claw. So well, I, I'm those just, aren't bad. We're just not going to have that conversation because I'm embarrassed by it. No, don't look. Hey, when I was on ESPN, I, I we had a conversation like this. This is probably been four or five years ago. And Bobby Harton, the next morning, I came into my office, and he had he had had this professional thing put on my desk that said my man card had been revoked because I I had, I had publicly said. Yeah, I've had Trulies, and I've had this, this, and the other. You know, and here's a guy who only drinks Crown. Like, you don't drink Crown, you're not a man, according to Bobby Harden. And um, and so, but I don't have a problem. I mean, I don't sit around all day and drink, like, 12 Trulies. I don't really drink beer. But, like, if I'm at the pool and somebody's got, like, a one that's decent and not too fruity, I'll have it. It's all yeah, good. and they're, like, artificially. So, it's, it's almost like you drink cherry coke. Yeah, you can, uh, and you could make what's called a Skipper Hicks, which is Skipper's one of mine and Phil's friends. Uh, it's a watermelon white claw with uh, some uh, a slice of cucumber and vodka. Mm. I think there's a certain type of vodka, maybe cucumber vodka that's in it. Yeah, and a slice cucumber of, vodka uh, is pretty good. Yeah, and a slice of cucumber. It's very refreshing. Well, during the pandemic, uh, the fiance and I, when they you know, with North, uh, the North Korean government up here decided to let us Ooh. at least travel places with masks on and stuff. Yeah. We went up uh, one day just for the heck of it and went uh, and took the train over to Wrigleyville. Of course, mm-hmm. there's no game, which is sad, but uh, we hung out in some of the bars there and I ordered about three of those things. And by the time I was done with the third, I was like, this is so refreshing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's time for dinner yet? You know, it's like one hey. o'clock in the afternoon. But yeah, you know, I, but that was a but that's a Skipper Hicks for all those that want to make it at home. I uh, created my so my my cousin uh, Kelly got us onto this a couple of years ago. We were sitting out on the dock and and um, she said, "Try this, you'll like it." And it's blueberry vodka, but it has to be the Minute Made five calorie lemonades that go with it. Because if it, if it's not, it's just too sugary. I can't do that. Mm-hmm. But blueberry blueberry vodka is good. And so then last year on the fourth, not last year, the year before on the fourth, we were, my wife and, and I took the kids up to our family's mountain house, and I put the blueberry vodka in five calorie cranberry juice just to see what happened, and I liked it. So I nicknamed it the red, white, and blue. So now every fourth of July from here on out, I'm going to have a red, white, and blue. How about that? Nice. Ah, but it's got to be five cal though, man. It's got to be five. We're creating drinks here. We're we're like the the mixology hour here. On, um, she touched my leg. Said the game oh, okay, she kill. touched my leg. Our pets' heads are falling off. Okay, kill him. Yeah. Well, I just saw a minute ago that Quantrell said back in college, "I've done this too." Same. Right. I I did it one time, <laughs> one time. Uh, the Edward. It, it was Ed, It was. We called it Edward Forty Hands. I don't know if that's what y'all called it. And we we did it. I did it one time, and I was that close. Like literally, I don't know how it didn't happen. You know where? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You can't. You know. And um, yeah, we that was. It was tempted the next night at our beach house, and I said, "Yeah, no way, no way. I'll never." I always do that preferred again. the old English though to the yeah. cult. Yeah. Well, and with my yeah, bladder, the these days, to me was a little higher quality, but it's just <laughs> I don't know, man. Yeah. Y'all are gonna make my stomach uh, hurt here if I keep talking about OE and Colt Forty Five and Bo- Boone's Farm and uh, I did see in the Nanosports chat box um, somebody asked BRC anybody tried the Bojangles Hard Sweet Tea yet? So 
No, I had my hands on it the other day at the food line, and I was about to grab it and say, well, I'm going to take these home and try it. And then, number one, it was like 17 or 18 bucks, which I thought was outrageous. And number two, I turned around and looked at the label and just the amount of sugar that's in. Like, I can't do a lot of sugar. It tears me up. And um, I, I just, I couldn't. If somebody had one and I sip, took a sip, that'd be one thing. But I wasn't buying a 12-pack of those. That's the problem. Is like, yeah, I used to, I used to like margaritas and stuff when I was a kid. When I sneak them in high school, and it's just the the sweetness just gets me. I can't, uh, I, I can't do it. Of course, I I don't do liquor, but uh, if I do do liquor, I don't do a sweet drink. I'll do a Bloody Mary, uh, maybe a shot <laughs> every now and then, but uh, no, um, no more margaritas for for me. Um, well, Jan and Bobby are not fans of that hard tea. Oh, well, there you go. That makes yeah. me feel better. Don't do yeah. it. All right. I trust both of their judgments too. So I'm I'm all good with that. Um uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I have no idea how we went from National Pet Day to this, but again, to all you pets out there, I know we got a lot of pets that like to watch and listen to our show. I know mine do downstairs. Well, at least Dewey's does, Capers, he could care less. Uh happy National Pet Day. I hope everybody gives their pets a couple of treats. Maybe enjoys a ball game or something with them tonight uh, because, uh, you know, pets are like children, at least in our family. So happy National Pet Day. And to Red, Red, thanks for not barking on the air anymore. He's uh, growling at something. The turtle rustled around and repositioned <laughs> herself, and he's over by the pond. I think he heard her. He, just, he went, Err. Yeah, someone make me a cheeseburger. Yeah, yeah how about Jesus. that? It's National Pet Day, you old fart. And someone Turtles. make me a cheeseburger. <laughs> um, before we uh, hit, get to break here in a minute, though, guys, to get lunch pail, Hale, Owen, McGranahan in here. Congratulations to all five South Carolina Gamecocks celest- selected in last night's WNBA draft, including. Aaliyah Boston going number one overall. Clearly, she's the second to ever do that from South Carolina, which, um, by the way, I'm not sure there's some laundry list of schools with multiple number one draft picks in the WNBA draft. Number one, the WNBA hadn't really been around that long. Uh, Number two, there's only so many schools that produce that many good players. But um, uh, following in the footsteps of Asia Wilson, congratulations to – Aliyah Boston, Leticia Amihir uh, goes eighth overall in the first round to the Atlanta Dream. Of course, we know Boston went to um, uh, the Indiana Fever, but Amihir goes number eight overall to the Atlanta Dream, so not too far away uh, from quote-unquote home. Zaya Cook also drafted in the first round. She's going to head to L.A. to play for the Sparks, 10th overall pick. Uh, in the draft. In the second round, Bree Beal went. She was the 24th overall selection by the Minnesota Lynx. And Victoria Saxon rounded out the five as she was the fifth selected. She also went to Indiana. And now the Fever, I think, have three Gamecocks that will be on that roster because Destiny Henderson is already there. So the three of them will be kind of teamed back up playing together. That's pretty neat. Congratulations. For yeah, sure. It's uh, interesting that Brie Bill fell so far down. I wonder if it's recency bias with her uh, kind of eggs she laid up defensively in the tournament this year. Because a lot of people are predict, yeah, predicting her go in the first round, and she fell to the bottom of the second. 
Couldn't hit the broad side of a barn in the championship in the champ, uh, the final four game either. Mm-hmm. Just gang kept shooting. Well, it's yeah. Look, I I think to your point. I mean, I, I'm not going to even sit here and try to um, pretend that I am some expert on any of this. But you know, against the elite level she, defensively, she's always been pretty good. I know she had a couple of or a few mishaps towards the end there, but when they got into elite competition, to your point, JC, it just seemed like, you know, she, she struggled a little bit. Um, so it, it could be, could be weird. And unca- a little uncharacteristic of her when it compared to the rest of her career and how it ended, but, uh, oh, well, you know, that, that is what it is. Um, after talking with Keith on Monday about full Wiley, uh, the local product from Keenan, um, I don't know that South Carolina is not going to continue to have a top three to five basketball program on the women's side for the foreseeable future. And yeah. I know some people are knocking them down to seventh and stuff. I think that's um, a style of play issue. I, I, it happens in all sports, national media. They like baseball teams that score a lot of runs. They don't like pitching. Um, some do. Most don't. The ones that know what they're doing love pitching duels. Most don't like defensive struggles in football. And most don't like uh, – physical beat you down basketball teams. And and that's just how it is. I mean, that's why you always see coaches like Cliff Kingsbury, who just recently went back to college at Southern Cal, uh, get all the benefit of the doubt, you know, when a guy that coaches defense like a Gary Patterson or Kirby smart, they're not all, you know, sometimes they're not before they've won and established themselves. The defensive guys aren't ranked as high, you know, and God forbid you're a special teams coach. And you get a yeah, head coach's yeah. job. You know, God forbid if you want to be up the rankings. But uh, yeah. that's just how it is, and that's why I think Carolina was seventh. But I, I have a I have a pretty good feeling about next year's team. They'll, they'll lose more games because Dawn always challenges her team, and they're going to play the Yukons and Maryland's and UCLA's and, and whoever else wants to play them of the world. And the SEC should bounce back next year, I think, with LSU and Tennessee. And I think Ole Miss is going to be on the rise a little bit. But I think I think definitely, um, and I'll shut up now because I, I I don't really like to pretend like I know what I'm talking about when it comes to <laughs> the women's basketball. But uh, <laughs> based on my gut feeling, I feel like uh, I feel like Carolina will be right back next year, right in position. So we'll see uh, see what happens. And but yeah. Full Wiley's a big part of that. Full Wiley's a big part of that. So we'll never discount a team led by Don Staley. There's no doubt about that. All right, it's eleven twenty. It is also today is also my sister's birthday. So happy birthday, Kim! Um, it's Marcus's she's... in the chat box too, Marcus. All right, happy birthday, man! Appreciate yeah, that. Birthday. Appreciate you spending yeah, your birthday uh, with us. We'll throw a party. Definitely for you. happy birthday to your sister and all that uh, as for well. Sure. And uh, yeah, my brothers had birthdays in March. It's, everybody's birthday's like right now. Mine's in December, man. Me too. Best month of the year. My birthday, Christmas. I mean, doesn't get any better. New Year's bowl, bowls. bowl season. Now signing day in the portal too. Yeah, everything going on. It's the most wonderful time of the year. So yeah. But well, we, we should get hail in. I know he's yep. a busy man. Instead of timeout when we return uh, the Big Spurs lunch pale hail McGranahan up next. Family vacations at new car, a new boat. Family vacations at new car, a new boat. All cost money, but you don't necessarily have 
family vacations, a new car, a new boat, all cost money, but you don't necessarily have to make more to afford any of that if you can save cash that's flying out the window now. iHelp Consulting can help you finally get the kids to Disney World, upgrade the minivan, or drop that new boat in the water next summer. Let Daniel and iHelp Consulting consult with you. No fees, just savings. You pay them a percentage of those savings. Save on essential services, credit card fees, you name it. Let them find it. These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you? Just as your State Farm agent combines good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates, you can combine your home, auto, life, or small business insurance with Tony Pope's State Farm Insurance today. And guess what you'll get? That's right, even more good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates. In fact, Tony Pope State Farm is your go-to agent anywhere in South Carolina, North Carolina, or Georgia for the service you deserve at the price you want. So try combining your home, life, auto, and or small business insurance today. Tony Pope State Farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area. Once again, Tony Pope State Farm will help you mix and match perfectly. Call 843-851-2222 or visit TonyPope.com today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. The real estate market has changed dramatically from just a year ago. Rates, supply, demand, All of your traditional factors are in a transition phase. That's why if you or someone you know are considering making a move in the low country, contact me, JB, at Coast to Coast Realty. I work with an outstanding support cast of attorneys, lenders, inspectors, insurance agents, and more, all of whom are valuable in helping find a way for you to comfortably make your real estate decision. That's right. Call me, JB, your low country real estate broadcaster. Traveling to cheer on the Gamecocks? Reserve your hotel stay with Fan Plans. Your booking supports inside the Gamecocks and the Big Spur, plus you still earn your hotel loyalty points. Visit fanplans.com slash inside the Gamecocks. What's up, Gamecock Nation? This is Ja'Kai Moore from the DMV, and you are listening to the show. Everybody to inside the Gamecock, the show presented to you by Express Sunrooms of Columbia. Give John and his team a call, 803-446-1616. How to get in touch with them to set up a no-obligation consultation to talk about how you could potentially turn your backyard into an outdoor retreat. And, of course, first hour of the show is brought to you by Cindy Searfoss and the Coldwell Banker Kane Realty Team here in New York State. 864-414-5271 is how to get in touch with Cindy. She'll be happy to help you with all your upstate residential real estate needs. And we're joined now on the McKellar Enterprises guest line by none other than the hardest working football guy, recruiting-wise, in the country, and the one we come to trust and respect the most, Hale McGranahan. How are you doing, In the country, that's that's pretty lofty praise there, Phil. I appreciate that. <laughs> I'm picking you up, man. I really want to, you know, you know we got Well, listen, I'm obviously having troubles doing whatever the hell it is I'm supposed mm-hmm. to be doing on this show. So somebody needs to come in here and be a freaking expert. <laughs> Are you hungover or what's going on up there? No, it's just latency issues with the buttons. And, and mm. well, anyway, not. We'll blame it on Jay. Just blame it on JC. <laughs> yeah, I'll take the blame. Uh, Hale, thanks for the uh, the late. Uh, thanks for answering the late text. Let me put it that way, because yeah, I'm wrong. I uh, I uh, 
thought about this yesterday, but then didn't think about it again until this morning. So I apologize to you, my man. Uh, Beamer's coming up in a little while, so we know you got to get going. So we'll, we'll kind of move right along through this. But uh, so have you given Shane your updated depth chart for the football team yet? Or I published it on, on the big spur of what I think it should look like or what it might look like. I, I shouldn't say what I think it should look like, but I think it looks like. So, uh, maybe, maybe he took a look and, and, uh, we'll have some thoughts to share. Well, you remember was, when was it? Was it last year? One of those press conferences, Shane was like, I know all you, I know all you writers are going to have your updated, uh, depth charts coming out and stuff like that, but. None of it means anything. <laughs> yeah. I just started laughing. And then here we are again. It's depth chart season. But, I mean, honestly, actually, Michael Flint and I were both looking at your column this morning, kind of going over your work to proofread it for you. Oh, thank you. I need just that. Kidding. I do need that. Um, just kidding. Oh, and it make, make sure everybody understands this. This is of people that have been practicing this this spring. Clearly, there's there's guys that have not like Jordan Strawn and things of that nature. And you pointed that out in there as well. But um, in that art, is there anything that has caught your eye that is cor- that correlated with what you wrote? Um, is something from a, from a depth chart standpoint may have surprised you, maybe up front on the offensive line or elsewhere? Uh, I don't know that I would say surprised. I, I don't want to sound like, I, like oh, I've got a hard time being surprised. Like I know all this stuff, blah, blah, blah. But I, just having been around it and seen it so much and, and talking to people and knowing kind of what they were planning to do and, and, and being out at, you know, three or four practices for the first 20 or 30 minutes and, and seeing the same guys, you know, lining up in, at the same positions or with the same groups or it, I, I don't know that I'm really surprised. I mean, I, I guess the biggest surprise was going back to seeing to carry on hear, hearing about to carry on Joyner being a running back. Uh, but, you know, at this point, I, I can't say I'm surprised by anything simply because all that stuff I just laid out. But it, it's also, what, five months before an actual game's played. So I just I, I don't put a lot of stock into, you know, who's who's running with with the first team offensive line at center and left guard. Like some people seem to be kind of hung up on right now. Like there's a long way to go. I mean, shoot, Marky Anderson is a freshman and. Offensive linemen kind of come along a little slower, and he's already in the conversation as like one of the top seven or eight guys in the entire group. So, five months from now, he might be one of the top five guys, and and he's he's starting. Like, we we don't know what it's going to look like, and and like you alluded to, JB, like Jordan Strong hadn't practiced a lick, Mo Kaba hadn't practiced at all. Like when those guys come back, what what do things look like at at linebacker and defensive end and what what if they get Derek McClendon from the portal and or another transfer in May? What does that do to the defensive end position? So I, I just don't I, I, I write those things and put it out there and people obviously read it and 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 form conclusions and, and get fired up about things, but at the end of the day it's like four or five months away from when it actually means something and and why I can kind of see why Shane Shane Beamer's gonna sort of roll his eyes when when people get fired up about depth chart. <laughs> this is kind of I'll let you and JC take this one back and forth but on the offensive side and then y'all can carry it right on into the defensive side as well I would this is just my personal opinion I'm sure I share it with everybody out there but outside of Spencer Rattler and Juice is there is there any position that you say 
yes, as of today, starter, put it in pin, put it in bold, put it in marker. He's he's locked in. I would say Nicky Manwari and DQ Smith at at those two safety spots for sure. I I would probably say the same about Jordan Strawn when he's back. The only hesitancy I have is that he's been injured and uh, coming back from from an ACL tear. There's never any guarantees there, but I think he's he's probably pretty safe, a pretty safe bet there. Um, I I don't know, JC, anybody else come to mind for you? That way. I think J- Jalen Nichols is safe at, at left tackle. I think that's pretty much been okay. uh, the idea. And I think, I, frankly, I think he finished the year pretty good at that spot, and he seems to get better and better and better. Um, you know, could somebody beat him out? Uh, definitely. Uh, but uh, I, I think that would be it. Oh, on the inside, probably Boogie Huntley, Tonka Hemingway, uh, once Tonka gets back uh, healthy. But you know, are they going to slide him out the end? How good is TJ Sanders? What if they get Tank Booker? Uh, so that other D tackle spot opposite Boogie or Tonka, whoever they choose to play, uh, is interesting to me. Um, outside of that, you know, uh, O'Donnell Fortune and Marcellus Dial are the starting corners now. And I think they were kind of penciled in after the season. But, you know, one of these guys like Emory Floyd, maybe he ends up stepping up. Uh, I don't know that Anthony Rose will be back with the program, but if he if he is, he's certainly uh, capable. Uh, and then somebody in the, in the chat box mentioned Trey Knox, and uh, I'm with you there because I've heard nothing but good things. But also, but I also think it's a lot closer with Knox and Simon just because Simon's really good than it may be at like some other positions, uh, if that makes any sense. But. Um, yeah, I, I uh, well, Bobby Patterson asked about Landon Sampson. One of the surprises I thought uh, is your guy from Eastside High School, which, by the way, I, I, I didn't know your dad went to Ohio U. So I started thinking about the McGranahan family and how much bad football in high school and college <laughs> you guys sat through. Because I, I'm assuming it's before the oh, Frank Spillage era with the Bobcats. Yeah, I got a problem. I'm going to cut you off right there. Oh, uh-oh. okay, yeah, give me. Right when I when I was a uh, an extra point kicker at Eastside High School my sophomore year, uh, we we were pretty good. Made the playoffs. Freshman okay. year we were too. I played on the freshman team. Uh, so I, you know, I, I want to push back a little bit on that. Okay, uh, year after I graduated, yeah. Eastside Eastside. Probably would have been playing for a state championship had the starting quarterback not gotten hurt and uh, got got knocked out by I guess it was Union in the playoffs, but uh, but yeah we we can continue with, with no here. so you, hey, you, I'm you, sorry, sorry Hale you were there during the golden era my bad I mean yeah, we, one well, of the golden eras <laughs> although I, hey, I, I, Bobby Bentley Bobby Bentley's Burns team my junior year I was excited about starting the season to to maybe kick an extra point or even a field goal that season. And uh, uh, we opened at Burns, and, and I don't think we got the ball across the 50 till the fourth quarter. So, 42 so that points. Was a, it was, that was one of those 73 to 7 type games. or Because or, uh, I remember no, they, beat East, they beat East High pretty good so a couple times. So. Didn't even score. I mean, this, score. We, we bring this gentleman on, and we're just throwing stones at him. I mean, come on. Come on. What, what yeah. kind of, there's no hospitality here. You mentioned well, Simon, though. I, I – I know, Hill, I know you've got him listed in the tight end group. 
But it, I, I don't I don't know that when the season rolls around, you're really going to look at this guy and say, well, he's a tight end. I mean, kind of describe him. Yeah, him. I, I mean, he's he's listed as a tight end, but I, I think you can probably just say he's an offensive playmaker on the outside who can maybe yeah. attach to the line and block or flex out wide, split out, you know. It's it's a label that, you know, I, I don't want to go off and – too much of a diatribe that, that nobody wants to listen to, but he's going to be playing a lot. I, him and Trey Knox will probably be on the field at the same time, a pretty fair amount. So, uh, you know, if you want to talk about tight end one, tight end two, I think it's probably a one, a one B type of situation. Uh, is kind of how I look at it. Yeah. Uh, those two, I, I think as much as I love Jaheim Bell and I still do love Jaheim Bell, I'm not coming off of the fact they should have gotten the ball in his hands more or less and used him in different ways. Uh, I think Knox and Simon are, 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 are better suited to do the tight end types of things than, than, than Jaheim. And uh, I'm assuming probably they're both better route runners, but that's just a guess. So I'm, I'm just well, they're, guessing. And they're both, they're both five, right? Yeah, they're both old. Right? Like Knox is 6'5", 250. A contact I was talking with the other day said he was a grown man out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you got Elksness behind him uh, and uh, behind them as a blocker from Florida. So you got a nice group. I mean, Simon uh, before 2021 was a Mackey Award candidate. Uh, he was on the preseason watch list. Yep. Uh, both Neither one of those guys put up huge numbers receiving-wise last year, but they all had – uh, big touchdown numbers. So you think about red zone and things like that. I mean, it could get to, it could get good. And then if you throw the freak Nick Harbor out there, yeah, boy, how, how is that for a red zone passing game? <laughs> we, we, we need to bring back the Busta Anderson touchdown crossing route that every time we they threw the ball to him, he walked into the end zone. Uh, not to get you know, to, obviously there's so much of this that's going to, it, it's all going to unfold you know over the next few months, but. This week is an important week, Hale. I'm not sure how much we'll see some of these guys in the game. I mean, a lot of these new guys we will see in the game, for sure. I don't think we're going to see Rattler a ton. How much do you anticipate a guy like maybe on Joyner playing on Saturday? I'm sure that question is going to be asked to Shane today. Uh, quite confident it will be. But he has been a surprise, it seems, at running back. Maybe he could be the starter in the fall. Who knows? So is it like – is it something where they're like – we got to get him a lot of reps, or is it like, well, we only have three scholarship running backs, so we also need to protect him? What, what are you What are you hearing? Yeah, I, I would think that's probably uh, going to be a debate, or has been a debate for that coaching staff uh, here as they try to make a plan for the spring game. You know, do, do you want to get the guy some reps because he needs them, or you need to try to protect him a little bit because you're going to need every able body you can once the season rolls around? I would guess he'd probably have somewhere in the neighborhood of like eight to 10 carries. I think they'd probably try to feature him a little bit. Um, if for no other reason, he's kind of a face guy for the program. And, and a lot of people like to carry on uh, beside, you know, beyond what he's done on the football field. Um, that's the kind of guy people want to go and see play and, and make some plays. So I would think he's going to get probably some action early on then maybe taper off towards the end. And, and you probably say that about Mario Anderson Juju McDowell as well. I, I would guess probably see them early on and pretty prominently. Uh, then towards the end, get some of those walk on some reps and uh, let those guys kind of sort things out in, in their little echelon of, of that position group and, and 
sort of what all comes with with being a walk on at, at that position and the the types of roles that are available for for those guys. Talking with Hale here uh, on inside the Gamecocks, the show. Uh, I think this thing. Right, so, so I I want to see how Joiner looks. I'm curious to see what the linebacker uh, guys, uh, Pup and Stone, look like, just movement wise. How much better has Debo Williams gotten? Uh, those kind of individual things. But I think just from a gameplay standpoint, I think it has a chance to become the Lenora Sellers and Tanner Bailey show at some point because those guys are both really good. Uh, they're battling and kind of for their position on the depth chart. I don't know how many reps Luke needs and Spencer needs, but you have a guy with a skill set like Sellers in this kind of deal, you know, where you know he could take off running and obviously they have to tag him or whatever, but you could show some of that elusiveness and all that. Uh, and then Tanner throwing the ball. Uh, I think that that could end up being a, a storyline we're all discussing after the game. Well, that really will have boring catastrophic injury situations, you know, minimal impact on next season. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I, I think those guys will probably be playing more than than Rattler and Doty by the end of the day. I'm curious to see which of those freshman tight ends, uh, whether it's Reed McKeska or Connor Cox, makes a couple of big plays down the field on, on throws from those guys. And, you know, when, when you're playing in a spring game – you're putting out defenses that are kind of, kind of base, very vanilla, and you can probably find some some mismatches down the middle for some of those types of plays where, where guys, those, those two guys in particular, could could make a big catch or, or grab a touchdown, and you know, going to leave some folks talking about how they need to play this fall, and and I, I think we'll probably have to push back on that if that's how it plays out and say, well, you know, Trey Knox, Josh, I'm and Nick Elksness are older and bigger and, and a lot more ready to, uh, to contribute than those guys. Last year, the walk-on linebacker from Chapman, uh, is it Polisar, Bolisaro, something like that? Dude was all over the field. DJ Twitty, another kid from Chapman, walk-on transfer from East Tennessee at running back, yeah. Yeah. was awesome. Uh, Rashad Amos had a big night, I thought. Uh and yeah, so there you go. <laughs> what, what about what is our? I, I know we're pretty much out of time with you, man, because you got to get going. But will we really see uh, anything that will help us identify a Dowell Loggins run offense this week in your mind? And then my 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 final question, if you can remember these two. Uh, I know they're on commitment watch this week for transfers slash 24 classers. Um, what is, what does that look like? Who are we, who are we wait watching for in those announcements? And, and what is the guest list? I know you can't probably name all of them off the top of your head, but kind of summarize the guest list for us on Saturday, at the spring game. Yeah. So Dowell log a Dowell Loggins offense and what kind of we'll see on Saturday and, and what are you asking? Like, what will we like see from that, and how we'll associate it? With yeah, yeah. I mean, is there anything that we're really looking for? I mean, anything that you've kind of caught in your your ears, caught wind of that? Hey, look. Uh, no, I, I mean, honestly, as far as specifics, most people I've heard from and talked to, and 
it's been kind of tight lipped. I don't, I don't think they want to let the cat out of the bag. They're trying to keep keep as many secrets as possible, and, and I'm sure there will be some some wrinkles. Maybe maybe Saturday. I don't know. I I, I think they'll probably try to just keep it as vanilla as possible. Vanilla. I mean, yeah, they're they're probably going to run some stuff that that's similar to what they did last year because they've talked about there being some carryover and. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if there's going to be anything that just really jumps off the screen to anyone watching or off the field if you're there in person, whatever, that it's going to be like, oh, so this is Dow Loggins' offense. All right. Like, I, I think we're probably going to have to wait till, you know, September before we can start making those types of deductions or, or have the opportunity to, to make those type of deductions. Um, as far as recruiting wise, and, and this week with guys announcing, you know, the, I guess the first one on on the the calendar is, is Tank Booker, the the defensive tackle, who JC mentioned a little while ago, who who's transferring from Maryland, and you know I, I've I've heard similarly to JC, and and, and JC's been all over this thing uh, that that I think South Carolina is in pretty good shape. Like that, there's Texas A&M is involved. He he's got Ohio State in his top five. He's originally from Cincinnati. I don't know how much of a, a player Ohio State is, you know, legitimately for him. Like, are, are they really pushing for him? I, I don't know. But I, I think South Carolina's in good shape there. Then then on Fridays is, of course, Josiah Thompson, the four-star offensive tackle from Dillon, who has been uh, a big-time target basically since day one, since the staff got here um, mm-hmm. and, and has shown, shown the love that's been reciprocated. He's – Visited a ton. Obviously, he's got the crystal ball, and 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 I think South Carolina is going to end up adding him to the class uh, here Friday morning, and uh, then Saturday with with the recruiting and the guys coming in. The, the headliner of, of the weekend is Dylan Stewart, the five star defensive end from DC, who's visited a lot over the last, I guess, year or so, and uh, will be back again this weekend, and and certainly going to. Be a guy we'll be talking a lot about moving forward as, as South Carolina and just about everybody else in the country continues to recruit him, and uh, we'll see where this thing goes. He's got an official visit, of course, in June as well. So yep. Gamecocks are, are firmly in the mix for that guy as well as uh, a lot of the other guys who are coming this weekend, like a Daniel Hill, four-star. Uh, South Carolina's recruiting his running back out of Mississippi. Uh, it, it's it's an impressive list. Put out put out most updated version of it uh last night in the VIP room and we'll continue to to add to it throughout the week and as we get closer to Saturday night. What what also. hey guys, what about the McClendon kid from Florida State? Any word Oh on yeah. I look I just I read while people were asking about it. I wouldn't actually like I'm sorry, clicked on the article and read it. Uh my friend Bobby Burton actually reported that Texas was kicking the tires, but he also reported but he the kids expected to stay in the southeast. So <laughs> All right. I, I think it's a little bit of a nothing burger. I think anytime, and we have a, a guy, and he, he I, I like the fact he posts links on our board and stuff. I, I like guys, Dylan, I think is the guy that did it, and uh, we, we got a couple of them that love to put the corn blue links up, and that, that's fine. It makes our community, but I wish people would read because it came from fan sided on top of that. Oh, jeez. And I'm like, eh, you know, but I actually went, it was actually a well written article. By whoever covers Texas for fan sided, but it clearly states 
staying in the Southeast. I, I guess Texas doesn't quite consider themselves part of the Southeast yet. So, <laughs> and I guess it's not Texas is on thing, but uh, um, yeah, Dylan Ho is his name. So, I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not coming down on him, but I wish people would actually read it instead of panicking. Uh, I don't know if you feel different, Hale. How do you feel about McClendon? No, I, I, I don't. I, I haven't heard anything uh, one way or the other besides what, what you've posted and, and shared with feel us. Feel good. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I, at a position like defensive end, though, you never know who's going to pop mm-hmm. up and want to yeah. go get them because it's a premium position. I mean, we look at, at some of the top defensive ends in the portal for this cycle. And two of them were, were getting ready to play in the Garnet and Black spring game last spring. Like, there's just not a lot of them out there. And if they are out there, if they're even if they're moderately productive, kind of like McClendon's been, uh, they're going to be a hot commodity. And you, you never know how how many folks are going to try to toss their hat in the ring and, and what all is going to be going into the ring with that hat, if you can pick up what I'm putting down. There's, there's just sort of like a grin and bear it type of thing uh, when, when you're recruiting the portal, uh, especially at a premium position like defensive end. So it's kind of day-to-day, day-to-day. And to, to quote Obi-Wan Kenobi, there is another out yeah, there yeah. when it comes to DN recruiting. Trust me on that. But we'll see what happens when the portal opens back up in May. Um, I think the kid being from Tucker helps Carolina. Because think about all the you – know, Van went there, Wanham went there. Now, that was the old staff that recruited there, but uh, I think there's some familiarity. Uh, and, and I think Taylor Edwards maybe being at Maryland helps with Tank Booker a bit, but I don't know. Hey, we'll let you run on that note. We know you got to get to the facility. Uh, don't be late. You, you want to try to swipe that first question from David Kloniger. So, but as always, thanks for everything you do, man. Great stuff. Uh, and uh, we'll be following along as you take us right on through the spring game and into the summer, as always. We'll have you back soon. All right, sounds good, guys. I always uh, enjoy being on with y'all. You're the man. Thanks, Thanks Lunch Pail. Hale, see you, bud. Yeah. There you go, Hale McGranahan, the great oh, kicker from Eastside High School. I didn't know Hale was a kicker. kicker. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, that, <laughs> I, he's got I, a new I always trash Eastside to him, though, because, I, you know, Phil's my friend, and he's a Wade Hampton guy. Yeah, but they owned us, that's for sure. At least now, the, my ex-wife, who I get along with fine, no animosity <laughs> with her, she went to Eastside, too, but I always teased her. Because when we were married, that's when Burns was beating them like seventy-seven nothing. Yeah. Well, Burns, t- t- you know, to to be to be fair here, Burns beat a lot of teams like seventy-seven to nothing back then. So <laughs> there's a little bit of difference in the athleticism of those two teams yeah. when they played. Plus, you, you had uh, one of the greatest coaches in the history of high school football on the sidelines. Probably like fair to call him the Steve Spurrier of high school football in our state because he. Yeah. Revolutionized the style of play, just like, uh, and I'm talking about Bobby Bentley. Uh, Correct. Yeah. So, yeah, I talked to Bobby the other day. He was in Germany <laughs> uh, on a vacation. Sent me some pictures of Bavaria. Pretty interesting. It's 11:48. We are painted garnet and black by a couple of painters. If you're in South Carolina or Georgia, where Carolina is mining the recruiting fields right now. Uh, make sure you check out a couple of painters. Let me paint something.com. Let me paint something.com. You can find them on Facebook as well. Tons and tons and tons of pictures are up of the work they do and they do exceptional work. And that's why we are happy to have them as partners on inside the game. Cox, the show, as a matter of fact, I need to ask Tristan 
about painting a large concrete patio for me because I'm told two coats of primer and two coats of paint, but I'm scared to do it because I don't want to screw it up. So I might just add that onto the list for these guys to do at our home. You should put them on your list as well for anything you need painted on your property, whether it be a fence, concrete, inside, outside, wherever it is. LetMePaintSomething.com, a couple of painters. They paint our program. Garnet and Black Daily right here on Inside the Gamecocks, the show. We will hit our final timeout of our number one. And when we return, I've got an additional question on Derek McClendon for JC, and I hope you'll answer it for me. I'll think about it. I'll consider that. Okay, great. We'll be right back. I don't know who you are. I don't know what you want. If you're looking for a karaoke partner, I can tell you, I can't carry a tune in a bucket. But what I do have is a very specific set of skills. Hang up now and your IT nightmares will continue. But stay on the line and I will find you. And when I find you, I will fix it. Um... Thanks. Uh, I think I have the wrong number. I'm trying to call Matt at Heritage Digital. He has a one-price, low-cost turnkey solution for all my IT needs, and I'm sick and tired of my IT guy. So, yeah, 843-699-1001. This is 1002. Oh, well, thanks anyway. Don't be taken by some IT dude that talks a big game. Give Matt at Heritage Digital a call, 843-699-1001. Gamecock Nation, JB here, and I'm here to tell you about my new favorite painting company, A Couple of Painters. These guys are the best. Gamecock fans and excellent painters and by far the best and easiest quote I've received. They're licensed in both South Carolina and Georgia. They offer 10% off for military, repeat customers, or if you heard it on the show, commercial and residential painting, deck, fence, and cabin staining, cabinet and furniture refinishing. They'll even remove popcorn ceilings and wallpaper, and they offer pressure washing. Find them on Facebook or call 803-522-6832. A couple of painters, proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Golfers and wannabe golfers, former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor is now a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina. In-person golf lessons are held at the Country Club of Lexington. Half hour, hour, on course nine or 18 holes. And if you're outside of South Carolina, Meredith conducts virtual lessons. Just send in your golf swing for analysis. Gift cards are available for in-person one-hour lessons. Connect on Twitter at Mayor Taylor and find her online at McKellarEnterprises.org. Her email is on the website. Schedule your next lesson today with Meredith Taylor, former Gamecock golfer. You're tuned into Inside the Gamecocks, the show. The sideline is picked off. Brad Edwards will get a convoy. Touchdown, South Carolina. Welcome back, everybody, to the Sinorama Studios. Inside the Gamecocks, the show presented to you by Express Sunrooms of Columbia. Give them a call, 803-446-4662, to talk about how they can add some sunshine into your life. And, of course, first hour of the show brought to you by Cindy Searfoss and the Colwell Banker Kane Realty Team here in the upstate. Cindy will be happy to take your call at 864-414-5271. We know many have reached out. Uh, so shoot her 
a message and set up something if you need any upstate residential real estate. Um, do have an updated top 10 for the upcoming NFL draft uh, from Mel Carper. We'll hold that till the top of the hour because um, there's, a, there's there, boy, there's one, some, there's something in there that's really interesting that I'll point out when we get to it. But um, all right, you know how they like when you're on some of these national guys, ESPN, wherever, one bold statement. You know, you hear that often. I'm not going to try to turn you into Skip Bayless or anything like that, JC, but I but I, I have a very bold question, and if you're bold enough to answer it, it'll give us some insight as to maybe where we are. If South Carolina receives a commitment from Derek McClendon, the transferring defensive end from Florida State, will he be the best defensive end on the roster? No. I think he'll be one of the better ones this year. I think if you're just talking about talent, Desmond Umiazulu is probably the best DM on the roster right now, followed by Jordan Strawn. Uh, and they're different kind of guys. You know, I, I like – if I'm just playing around in my mind with, like, what could look good, I uh, I sort of like McClendon as that guy that's good at pursuing the run from the backside that's um, – you know, a good pass rusher, but not like one of these guys that's, you know, just a pass rusher. Uh, and then I like Strawn as a as a pure DPR down pass rusher type. Uh, McClendon can also play in space. Uh, mm-hmm. Florida State stood him up a bit. You know, kind of had that that stand up buck type position. Uh, that's what they do with their ends down there. So I think if you get to get a situation where to get your best players on the field, you have to go to a three man front if you're Carolina. And, Obviously, I think that's a lot more realistic if you get Tank Booker, because then all of a sudden you got three, three, three guys that are that are nose tackle types. You got, uh, you know, Nick Barrett at three thirty, Tank Booker at three twenty, and Xavier McLeod, the freshman, at three twenty. Uh, you know, so McClendon's a guy you can stand up like that. I don't know about Strawn playing a stand up type position, uh, so maybe he'd be the opposite side or something. But I, 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 I don't. I wouldn't say that about McClendon, um, you know, just because uh, I think Strong does a lot naturally. And then Umi Azulu, uh, it's not that Umi Azulu, you can't go compete with him, but you, you, you in an ideal world, you know, you, you want to bring your freshman along somewhat slow. And remember, I said it before, Jadavian Clowney didn't even start as a freshman. It's hard to play DN yep. in this league. Um, but, you know, and you, so what you do with a guy like that, you – he carves out kind of a specialized role and, and, and still plays, but, you know, you're not necessarily counting on him to go out and give you 60 snaps a game. So, uh, but McCle- he'd be up there definitely. I, I do think uh, unless Terrell Dawkins has just blown everybody away this, this spring, uh, I would think McClendon would be, you know, battling it out with him and probably, probably based on uh, most recent body of work, <clears throat> I would probably say McClendon would be a little bit ahead of, of, of Dawkins, but uh but who, who knows really since Dawkins has been hurt most of the time. If if they – would you call it less likely, more likely, or very likely that South Carolina adds both McClendon and Booker to this transfer class? More likely than not. Um, you know, uh, and, and – the feedback kind of surprised me a little bit. I mean, in some ways it didn't, in some ways it did. 
Um, the key with me with Booker was just how involved is Ohio State. He's an Ohio kid. They grew up dreaming of going to Ohio State. They're one of the best programs in the country, obviously. You know, that's an attractive deal if you've been stuck in College Park, Maryland for how many years uh, <laughs> going back home. But, you know, my understanding is that just kind of like, oh, Texas is kicking the tires on McClung. Ohio State's probably kicking the tires. And if you're the kid, you want them in your top five because if they come in at the 11th hour and say, okay, a spot's opened up, let's say uh, two of their D tackles hit the portal uh, or are going to hit the portal, they figure that out, uh, you know, you, you want to show interest in your home state school. Uh, you know, and then with McClendon, I felt pretty good about him the entire time. Just, uh, I think the Tucker connection there, uh, is big. Uh, I think the depth chart is attractive to him. One of the things about Florida state, they had a very crowded depth chart all of a sudden at the end. Um, and I think he probably sees Carolina as an opportunity to come in and start and play a whole bunch, uh, to try to get to the next level. Um, if he goes, I mean, I think, I think he's a guy with, I think he's got two years left, so, uh, anyway, yeah, I uh, I think those two are key. Um, obviously, there are more needs that they're going to target in the portal once it opens back up. Uh, you know, AJ Panamachan, I think he's going to stay a little closer to home. You okay. know, uh, probably I would say the, the, you're talking about the linebacker from Utah State, Panamachan, yeah, the, the, the Laotian, the Laotian Express, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, Nat's upset because she was hoping she could rally behind a, a fellow Southeast Asian. You know. So are they? But I mean, are they? Well, I tell you what, we got to go to break. Uh, but I do want to know a little bit more about how how much interest the Gamecocks have in adding another linebacker out of the portal. Because this kid's a linebacker uh, from Utah State. Um, so I'll, I'll just we'll stop you there and finish whatever you were going to say. I'll hit- he, they're not going to turn down a great player and they felt like he Or you can just answer it now. There's your question. Yeah, that's we, it. We, that's we, it. Won't, we won't dangle the carrot for people to come so, back. Somebody tell me he's a baller. So, yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> but we can talk about others. I, I want to talk about Dylan Stewart a little bit, the, the 2024 kid. All right. You know, there's this thing called a teaser. You tease people, and they have to wait through the commercial break, and they come back. Ah. I just verbally urinated all over the teaser. Sorry about that, guys. Oh, no. No big deal. It's all good. That's what we're here for. Now, uh, we got plenty uh, still to discuss in recruiting. I know many of you love that, and and we do too. So we'll get into that. Carolina baseball back on the diamond tonight. And they've got a a trip to Vanderbilt coming up this weekend, as we all know. So plenty on that. And we'll get, uh, there's a lot of stuff we haven't gotten to in the Nana Sports chat box, but I promise you we're going to. Right here on Inside the Gamecocks, the show. What's up, Gamecock fans? This is Pitcher Noah Hall. If you want some delicious food for your event, I suggest visiting nanasports.com today to find out what they all have to offer. It's really good southern cuisine based out of Charlotte, my hometown. I hope you guys go check it out. Go Cox and go Nanas. 
Are you looking to buy a new home? Kevin O'Connell with Union Home Mortgage is a local mortgage expert and Gamecocks fan servicing North and South Carolina. Whether you're buying a home, building your dream home with new construction, or turning your equity into cash, UHM's world-class service will ensure you find the perfect mortgage to achieve your home ownership goals. Call Kevin at 803-906-0244 or visit UHM.com today. Union Home Mortgage is an equal housing lender. NMLS 2229 LONMLS 1772182. Electric Bikes of Charleston offers the most fun you'll ever have on two wheels. The home of Oventon, Velotric, Magnum Bikes, and more. They sell to consumers all across the state and offer outstanding warranties and service after the sale. Their electric bikes are equipped with five levels of pedal assist plus a throttle so you can ride longer, handle the heat better, but still get great exercise. Bikes are available for all ages and sizes. Visit electricbikescharleston.com or stop into their store in Mount Pleasant if you're in the Lowcountry. Electric Bikes of Charleston, powering inside the Gamecocks, the show. Welcome to TravelingCountryClub.com, your modern golf club experience. Hey folks, this is Michael Manis, former Gamecock golfer, inviting you to play more golf with a membership to TravelingCountryClub.com. With over 40 courses across the Carolinas, our membership provides you with an affordable way to enjoy a club-like golf experience. From the mountains to the coast, we offer golf courses that will challenge all types of golfers, no matter your handicap level or level of play. Plus, we offer unique membership benefits not seen anywhere else as part of Traveling Country Club. In July, we're excited to bring to you the third annual Plunder on Polly's two-day golf tournament with rounds played at Caledonia and True Blue Golf Courses in the heart of Polly's Island. Head to TravelingCountryClub.com to register for that event. And it is not exclusive to TCC members, but to become one, you can sign up and bring to life your golf game. Tee it up with Traveling Country Club, TravelingCountryClub.com, TravelingCountryClub.com, proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. This is Zachary Davis from Carolina Hoops, and you're watching the show with JB, JC, and Phil. Go Cox. Welcome back, everybody, inside the Gamecocks, the show, second hour of the show. Of course, we're presented to you by Express Sunrooms of Columbia, 803-446-4662 is how to get in touch with John, or you can shoot him an email, B at expresssunrooms.com. Talk about how they could potentially enclose a porch or a patio for you to enjoy the outdoors bug-free. And I was looking at that article from ESPN. Which one? The Mel Kuyper one, the draft yeah. rankings. Yeah, there's uh, there's something that really, truly stands out to me in there. Uh, really? But we'll, oh, yeah, I, I, I want to finish this conversation with JC real quick. Yeah, about recruiting. We'll, yeah, yeah. And then we'll, 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 uh, we'll get to that. Um, so I know you've got something on Dylan Stewart, uh, JC, that you wanted to, of course, get out. But, um, I guess, one of the things that has, like, go, going to the defensive end position, if you go back and look at Carolina's roster, maybe what could be when McClend- if McClendon commits, right? So then you would have – I mean, I, I, I don't know that you can call it, at this point in time Umi Azulu one of your top defensive ends because he's never played a snap at South Carolina. Hope he hope he is. And I agree with you. I think as far as an athlete goes, he's probably the best one they have. He is the future. I think I saw Clint say that earlier in the Nana Sports chat box. 
But as far as like the present, when they have to play North Carolina on September the 2nd, there's a legitimate chance that your best three defensive ends are all transfers. Jordan Strawn from Georgia straight, uh, Georgia, Georgia state, Georgia state, and Georgia straight. Uh, um, <laughs> Terrell Dawkins from NC state and Derek McClendon from Florida state, which you could make the straight swap case here that they're taking the direct places, of course, of Jordan Birch and Gilbert Edmond. Now, I don't know that if Jordan Strawn were healthy, that Gilbert Edmond would have ended up being the starter. Uh, I don't know that if Gilbert Gilbert had stayed here at South Carolina and Jordan Strawn got healthy, that Gilbert wouldn't still be the starter or Jordan, whatever it is. But this position just, like, this is the one that we, for a while in this program, right? South Carolina, I mean, gosh, guys, come on. Let's let's go back as far as we can go back. I'll just start with the John Abraham years and then push it forward. You always had superstar defensive ends at Carolina. Look in the league. You had guys that came in that were superstars and they left as superstars. You had guys that came in that were developed into superstars. But the one thing that you have was three or four years of those guys, right? Well, there's been a ton of turnover at this position over the last few years. Tons of turnover. And it, it, that is concerning because they are signing good ones, but they're also losing good ones. And you just pointed out a minute ago, JC, that the best thing for this defense could be to switch to more of a 3-4, uh, especially if you had a guy like Tank Booker and you got a bunch of heavy set dudes in the middle. you got to have that big elite nose tackle in order to do that. Um, so this that might be maybe their 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 best way of doing it, but to prevent having to swap defenses in and out every year, it's also good to have a bunch of superstar defensive ends around. So, can you evaluate it a little bit? Evaluate the defensive end position. Is it like this everywhere? Are we seeing this all over the country? What are the numbers in the portal? Is it just a South Carolina thing? Is it just a funny phase that we're in? Like, what do you think? Yeah, it's it's. There's a lot, you know, some of it's just a uh, circumstance. Uh, in other words, the, the state of South Carolina normally puts out a bunch of, uh, well, let me back up. The Carolinas collectively put out a bunch of defensive ends every cycle. The vast majority of those guys, going back to the Muschamp era, uh, have been from North Carolina and, and Max gotten most of them. Um, and, and, Honestly, not a lot of those guys have done much up there. So I don't know if Carolina was missing out or what. Um, or then you had a K.J. Henry that goes to Clemson, and Clemson keeps stacking D linemen uh, like mad. Uh, that's number one. Number two, Muschamp left the edge spot in pretty good shape. If you think about J.J. Enigbare and Aaron Sterling here, uh, then you, you had Jordan Birch, obviously, who was here still. Gilbert Edmond was here. He left him here. And then the new staff added Jordan Strawn, um, tried to get the the kid from Carver's Bay that ended up at Tennessee. They're talking about driving Byron Jones, I think is his name. Uh, the new staff did, didn't quite get him. Um, and then during that transition year, the class of 2021, the state had two good DNs, Tyrion Ingram Dawkins from Gaffney and Justice Boone from Sumter. Well, because it was in a transition year and because – 
everybody kind of knew Muschamp was, you know, this was do or die for him. And then you throw the pandemic in there. So there's no face-to-face recruiting. You know, I, I don't think for a minute that if it were a normal year and Will Muschamp's job was safe, that South Carolina would not have gotten uh, Justice Boone and Tyranny from Dawkins. But unfortunately, they didn't. And so those guys are at other schools. And, in, and when you miss on guys like that from within the state and you don't really have the recruiting panache <laughs> to get out there and get it done, it can cause you problems down the road. So they add Strawn, um, you know, they, they've added Dawkins in the portal last year. Uh, so the next thing that happens is, you know, Beamer and his staff do have momentum in state, and it's just Montague Reigns uh, from the state in 2023, uh, that, that class. Uh, and he's suspended, unfortunately, now. Um, losing Jay Sean Barham on signing day uh, ended up being bigger than everybody thought. Uh, simply because Jay Sean had a heck of a year at Maryland. I mean, really, I think freshman all Big Ten. So there's another guy that we just right there you had, and then you didn't get it. Beamer did mention, though, he was like, hadn't recruited well at Edge in a while before Sterling Lucas got here, and, and he's right. And I don't think he was throwing Mike, An- uh, uh, you Mike know, Peterson. Mike Peterson, Mike, Mike Anderson. That's the former St. John's coach basketball Mike Peterson under the bus or anything it just hadn't happened so so you had Emic Barre uh, and Sterling take off after 2021 then you know j- even from just a depth standpoint losing Birch and Edmund to the portal was, was critical and, and nobody saw Birch coming Edmund eh, people kind of knew but you know then you're like well how good is that guy really uh, Dawkins being hurt, Strong being injured all year last year. Of course, he wouldn't be back this year if he wasn't. All that's kind of factored in, uh, along with the fact there hasn't been that many DNs in the state. They've all been in North Carolina, and South Carolina hadn't done all that well up there. They, they were in it for that kid from Durham last year, right down to the edge. And he said, if South Carolina was located, you know, 10 minutes from where I'm at, like Chapel Hill, I'd probably be there, you know. So some of it's just kind of the lay of the land in your primary recruiting areas. Uh, I think going and getting a Desmond Umi Azulu from Maryland and, and along with Nick Harbor, you know, and another thing too, Nick Harbor's not at edge. And when they started recruiting him, that's what they thought he was. So there's another thing, and, and I'm, I'm with them. Don't play him at edge. I'd play him at receiver. But, uh, I, you know, you look at the 2024 class and who all they're targeting – and some guys that they've built now one, two-year relationships with, if they get their share, they're going to be fine. But, again, it's not a lot of in-state. They're going out of state, uh, having to go to Georgia and Florida and Mississippi and D.C. Uh, to get these guys because they're, there's we're just kind of in a little bit of a drought, you know. And, and then same thing kind of happened at receiver, uh, you know, with regards to in-state guys. Now the previous staff let really good players from the state leave. Uh, during that point. Um, and then, you know, just kind of like Ingram Dawkins and um, Boone opted for other options. Uh, Antonio Williams and Adam Randall went to Clemson, you know, and South Carolina normally would get, you know, the top guys in state. Heck, they'd have gotten Mike Williams had the proverbial ball not been dropped. But, uh, you know, so the same thing kind of happened there. I don't think it's in as dire straits as receiver was when the staff took over. 
Um, and I do think the portal kind of can allow you to get through without it impacting the bottom line, which is winning. Um, but make no mistake, getting Montague Graham's back, you know, if he's able to come back and developing him is going to be good. Uh, developing Umi Azulu is going to be huge. And then they need three or four guys uh, in this class to come in and be edge players for 2024 that are really good that they can continue to develop. And, and I think, I think they will, you know, Dylan Stewart's obviously the big name. I think South Carolina has got a good plan in place to, to be his ultimate choice. But when you look and you see the other three schools right now, for all intents and purposes are Alabama, Ohio state, Georgia, it's going to give you a pause. Um, I was on one Oh seven five this morning. And I said, one of these things is not like the other Preston and bill were like, Oh yeah. Ohio state's not in the sec. <laughs> so I thought that was pretty good, but, uh, uh, you know, th- th- there's other guys, you know, like the Franklin kid out of Mississippi, Carolina's at it for Justin Green out of Georgia. Uh, that kid whose name escapes me uh, from uh, Booker T. Washington in Atlanta that visited the other day. Um, you know, there's some guys down in Florida they're in on. So th- they'll get guys. Don't get me wrong. Uh, and then you never know what's going to pop up at camp. But uh, I-, I do think that this is an important cycle at that position and at running back. Uh, for the Gamecocks to kind of start building some current and future depth and, and, and making it to where you're not stressed in the portal, uh, you know, trying to fill what you don't have every spring. So glad you brought up Harbor, JC, because if, okay, let's say, and I know this is, you know, more of a long shot than it's not, that we just whiff out of the portal right now at defensive end, how much pressure is it to start having these backroom conversations with him to, you know, maybe put in a personnel package, you know, not a every down guy, but, you know, just certain situational usage of him on, you know, on that side of the ball. I think it's something they may discuss. Typically they don't, they don't really give freshmen all these multiple roles, uh, if they're trying to have it limited, yeah, make it impact at one spot, but I, I can't rule it out. I mean, you know, I think they did ask Sterling Lucas to that, and he, I think he just gave a one word answer, said no, no, yeah, <laughs> no, it's a hard no. But uh, I mean, I, I can't rule it out. But I, I, you know, look, man, come on, these other guys are capable. Desmond Umiazulu is not as fast as Nick Harbor in a straight line, but uh, as far as when you talk about developing a pass rusher if, for the SEC, college, you know, major college level, they're probably about the same at the same place. Um, you know, obviously you get a guy like Derek McClendon, experienced guy in, and whoever else they get from the portal, uh, that could be that could be something. But uh, you know, and, and Clint, by the way, said Cameron Fountain. Yeah, he's a DN. He's the taller guy he's from Booker T in Atlanta. Uh, really good player. So. You know, so we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Um, Quantrell actually comes in and says, despite, don't know what his goals are. If he got an incredible bag, Carolina couldn't match the good on him. Like JC said there, at high demand. Yeah, see what's crazy about it? The bag wasn't really, or the NIL. Y'all are talking talking about Jordan Birch. Jordan Birch. Yeah. It it really wasn't, I mean, trust me. (laughs) and, and, And that was not. I don't know. I, I just think I think it was, a, it was a very complicated situation, and hopefully it turns out well for Jordan, and he does really well out there. Is what I'll say about that. 
And Byron uh, Young was the kid from Tennessee, by the way. So there you go. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Byron Young. Okay. So to summarize this this conversation and looking to the future and giving giving the people what they want here, JC. Over the next six days, through the end of the week, through the end of the weekend, with the spring game and and the amount of kids that'll be on campus this week, some anticipated announcements coming up. Over under South Carolina lands via the transfer portal and just recruiting 24, 24, 25, whatever it is, recruiting classes. Carolina lands over under three and a half players this week. Like one calendar week from today? Yeah, as in like we'll cut the mics on next Monday. They will have landed over or under three and a half. Via both the portal. I'm going under. I'm going a little under just because. So you're going with many three. Ti- many times guys visit for the spring game and they do shut it down. But these days they go and they got to get with the edit guy and make an edit. <laughs> they got to get the video. They got to get the respect my decision. Okay, but that's the public uh, side of this, though. The, public, <laughs> yeah. the private side. Yeah. The private side. Are you going over under three and a half? Um, on the private side, I'll go over. Okay. On the private yeah. side, but but don't yeah. expect me to talk about it because I'm not going to. I didn't know. Yeah, not, 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 <laughs> not you specifically, JB, but the no, audience. No, I I, I'm not going to sit here and give away my my secrets and you know ruin the kids' moment. But yeah, I, I think they'll be more than three and a half players that inform the coaching staff at South Carolina, they're going to be Gamecocks within the next seven days. Okay. Well, there you go. You heard it here first. Dial up, tweet Shane Beamer, let him know. JC has spilled the beans. Now, who are those players? I'm just kidding. Uh, so, so, no, that, I, I think that, I you know, reverting back to a conversation we've had multiple times around here, uh, <laughs> that what they are able to what they're doing right now I mean I clearly you would know better than I would but it seems unprecedented because what they have been doing in the month of June the last couple like we figured out that June is Shane Beamer recruiting season like (laughs) The last couple of years, I mean, honestly, y'all, y'all remember last June, and and obviously, and clearly the June before, but then last June too. Like, there there wasn't a program in the country. If you follow recruiting, there was not. There wasn't. There wasn't a program in the country that got more um, attention than this one. I mean, seemingly every day, and I know your staff, JC, because I was talking to y'all every day. You know, their commitment, commitment. How many welcome homes were we getting? I'm getting texts from, I mean, you know, a lot of the people I get texts from, but then other people, you know, just random. Who, who is it? Who is it? I'm like, well, hell, I don't, you know, I don't know, you know, and, and so we're, I'm sitting here trying to figure, I'm texting with you. Do you know anything or whatever? And sometimes you knew something, sometimes you didn't, but it was just constant over and over and over. So we know what June seemingly can bring. And my understanding is that this June, it's not going to be any less active than it's been before because of the way they set up everything. So if leading into the spring game and maybe just a little bit beyond it here with another portal season about to open, Carolina is set to receive commitments and maybe signatures from player A, B, C, and D on top of what they've already gotten. It's just amazing. I mean, 
Yeah, I, it's amazing. I, yeah, I, and I think that the quality at the top, you know, this year, South Carolina. I think last year they were rolling into like May or spring game, like with publicly known commits, Zavari Sandy. You know, um, yes, yeah, Xavier couple, McLeod. Right? Xavier McLeod was the very first welcome very first home one. last yeah. year, right. and people were, you know, some folks that. It kind of exposed some people on the, on the our message board because uh, one old guy was kept talking about how it's Alabama or Georgia and Alabama Georgia this and you can tell he's just basically reading the kids' social media and guessing. Right. And if I had to do that, I'd have guessed too. I, I'm not going to pretend like I wasn't nervous. Uh, right. Florida was in the mix. I mean, but Xavier, uh, the day he committed and was the first welcome home was the day after he got back from the Georgia national championship celebration in Athens. Right. And that made me feel like, well, you know, if he goes to Alabama or someplace like that, or Florida for an NIL there, whatever, whatever they're doing that, that, that would, you know, I could see that sometimes opinions change, feelings change, whatever, but man, like, I can't see him going to Georgia. He, he, he was in like bulldog heaven for a day. <laughs> you know, there absolutely would be no better time to be in Athens outside of a game day than that championship celebration. Mm-hmm. And and if he was willing to come home immediately after that, call Shane Beamer and Jimmy Lindsay and commit, that tells you told you something about, you know, his feelings about the University of South Carolina and this coaching staff. Um, I couldn't say anything all year because I wasn't going to do that. But, uh, you know, anyway, you mentioned June visits. Uh, June 23rd, that weekend, shaping up to be a monster. Uh, You got Dylan Stewart coming in from D.C. You got Gamecock lean Jonathan Paler, the missile from North Carolina coming in. Uh, Kelvin Hunter, who's a guy that Torian Gray uh, offered, oh, when he's a freshman from West Florence, <laughs> he's now the number 228 player in the country and a four-star guy. So his stock is, is climbing and rightfully so because his film's impressive. And then, oh, Dante Reno. Um, so, you know, you've got three major targets right there. Uh, I think Kelvin is, is probably kind of like Josiah Thompson, expect him to end up at Carolina. But the other two would be gigantic out-of-state gets. I mean, man, I mean, and, and they're not done adding to this list either. On the 23rd, uh, you've got a guy coming in and jumped you second, Kai Sanders from Bergen Catholic in New Jersey. It's a big, he's a very physical safety from New Jersey. Uh, and then you got uh, one of my favorite recruits from Salem, Virginia, running back Peyton Lewis. Go watch this guy's film, man. Uh, and and uh, earlier, Hale mentioned Daniel Hill and somebody in the chat box did too. Uh, Hill's a four-star kid from Meridian, Mississippi. Uh, I think South Carolina recruiting him as a running back has given them an edge. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Bama – because, like, look, those of you that don't know – and, look, he still may end up at Alabama anyway, right? But those of you that don't know, Meridian, Mississippi, once you leave greater Tuscaloosa and you're going down 59-20, heading west, young man, Let's just say there's not much. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's say because uh, you can you also get to Starkville that way going down a, a state highway. There's just not that much, guys. Uh, and, and then once you, you get to the Bama state line, and there's Meridian. It's just like Augusta in South Carolina or Charlotte, South Carolina. 
you know, maybe Savannah, you know, when you cross into another state and there's a city. So I'm already it is. It's about an hour from Tuscaloosa. Right. I mean, it is the state of Mississippi technically, but uh, there's just no way. I mean, I, I would think he would end up uh, anywhere but Bama, and he still may if, if, if it wasn't a position thing. And Alabama's, you know, or maybe he's down Alabama's board. We just don't know. But uh, I, I think South Carolina, you know, I think Mississippi is a wonderful place to recruit. I think uh, South this staff's done a great job with high school. I mean, Carolina's always got JUCO kids from over there, but a lot of times they're from South Carolina. Uh, landing guys like Stone Blanton, uh, even Corey Rucker was a nice get uh, out of that state. You know, they don't have a whole lot of players, but if you get one or two, they can be pretty good. So uh, I think uh, I think that's uh, Daniel Hill is another one to kind of keep an eye on just, uh, you know, just in terms of a highly regarded out-of-state guy that could fall the Gamecocks way at a position of need. Ah, it's incredible uh, what they're doing right now from a recruiting standpoint is really, truly incredible. Uh, it is time for a timeout. We'll hit that. Uh, we do have some stuff to get into with the NFL draft as we kind of Hit, touched on a little while ago. Carolina baseball is back on it tonight on the diamond. I wasn't with y'all yesterday, so have a couple of thoughts on on what happened over the – well, not over the weekend. I guess at the end of last week again, between LSU and South Carolina with them heading to Vanderbilt. So we'll certainly get into some of that as well. And uh, we will make sure we open it up to the Nana Sports chat box because recruiting will always get everybody talking, and they are certainly talking in there today. We're powered by – Electric Bikes of Charleston, electricbikescharleston.com. As a matter of fact, if you are coming, and this is something else we still have to get to in the show, if you're coming to the Carolina Rise event in North Mount Pleasant on April the 29th at Home Team Barbecue, there is, of course, one right in the heart of Five Points at uh, Home Team Barbecue up there on Thursday, April the 27th. But Michelle and Electric Bikes of Charleston, from what I'm told, uh, will also be joining us up there that Saturday. So we're really looking forward to that. Uh, if you are just considering getting into the electric bike market, she's going to be the one you want to talk to. Uh, she she knows everything there is to know, but most importantly, she's one of the one of the great people out there. And guess what? Gamecock, big time. Gamecock owned and operated Electric Bikes in Charleston. She is a proud business uh, sponsor of Carolina Rise as well. In addition to what they do for us here, as one of our partners, so very invested in South Carolina athletics. And very invested in the lives of many across the state of South Carolina. That's why they come to Mount Pleasant to purchase a bike from Electric Bikes of Charleston, like a Vinton Magnum uh, bikes. Uh, they've got uh, Velotric bikes. Uh, they're all there at Electric Bikes of Charleston. So make sure you check them out. Just go to the website first and get yourselves acquainted, electricbikescharleston.com. All right, we'll hit a timeout. Everybody hang tight. We'll be right back. If you're in the upstate of South Carolina and are in need of residential real estate services, Cindy Bass, Searfoss of Caldwell, Banker Kane is for you. Ask her about the village at Creekside, all of her listings in my hometown of Spartanburg, South Carolina, right there on Daniel Morgan Avenue, married to a lifelong Gamecock fan. And many of our listeners have already bought homes from her and been 100% satisfied with the detail and care she uses. Cindy Searfoss, 864-414-5271. Caldwell Banker Kane in the upstate for your real estate needs. Cool Joel here. 
And when I'm not eating average jambalaya or celebrating endless summer in Destin, I like to eat pimento cheese straight off the bucket. Mmm. And the only pimento cheese I like to eat is from Nana's Porch. It's award-winning. It'll melt in your mouth. It's good on a cracker. It's good in a bowl. It's good on a piece of bread. Also, don't forget Nana's Porch has a hell of a food truck. It's award-winning as well. And they're here for all of your catering needs. So get online, nanasporch.com. It's mm-mm good. Coach O, signing off. In the summer, go Tiger. The preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics is Signorama Columbia, and they should be yours too. A full-service sign company that handles design, production, install, and service, Signorama Columbia has helped to bring to life the perfect vision for so many all across South Carolina. Owned and operated by proud Gamecock alumni, they can handle all types of signage, including interior and exterior, vehicle graphics, and more. Go to Signorama.com and find the West Columbia location or call them at 803-407-9284. Bring your brand to life with Signorama. Columbia and go hey man, are you sick and tired of your business computer guy? Yes, he takes forever to call me back and doesn't always respond to the requests. Yeah, same here. I'm paying him good money. I constantly have issues and I'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly. You know what, Phil? Let's ask Stone Blanton. Hey, JC and Phil, if you want a solution to your IT problems, give Heritage Digital a call. Our boy Matt Odom has a low-cost, one-price solution that will get you running right. Call 843-699-1001 or heritagedigital.com and ask for Matt. He will hook you up today and tell them Stone City. This is Freshman All-American, Nicky Memorial of the Carolina Gamecocks, and you are listening to the show with JC and Phil. Welcome back, everybody, inside the Gamecocks, the show, presented to you by Express Sunrooms. Give John and his team a call to get some sunshine into your life, 803-446-4662. Hey, uh, we have... <laughs> I keep pausing because it was like, I feel like there should be a second hour sponsor of the show. That way I can just, you know, get into that rhythm like I do in the first hour, and you know, it'd be a lot easier that way. So sponsors, if you're listening, potential yeah, ones. There's an open spot. Figure that out. That's there, right. Folks. If you want Phil to bumble all over your reads and yeah, <laughs> still you you give us a call. Calls, give us a call. Eight six four Phil. That's uh, how you get a hold of us. Uh, tomorrow, by the way, on our show at eleven oh five tomorrow, uh, we will be uh, leading off with Perry Orth. And uh, we'll talk a little little ball with him as we head towards the spring game this weekend, and and get into some of the uh, the locker room details, if you will, on how some of these guys approach that, and much more. What what he has seen and heard because he's been around the team a lot this spring, as a matter of fact. So Perry Orth will join us, and then a a a late addition to tomorrow's inside the Gamecocks the show resume at uh, noon tomorrow. None other than the great born to crow cock himself, Michael Haney, uh, will join us from Nashville. He will be in town Saturday performing outside of williams Bryce Stadium before the spring game uh, with uh, Patrick Davis and all those guys in Columbia. So looking forward to that. But everybody, you know the song by now because we play it every day, Born to Crow. So when Michael gets on tomorrow, everybody give him a round of applause and show him a little love and Tell me you've downloaded his song and your kids love it and all this, that, and the other. Please, if you don't mind. 
<laughs> Please and thank you. Thank you. Please, we'd really appreciate that. By the way, uh, Flint Flint will be here on Friday. All right, yes. and now and Flint is, of course, one of my best friends. Next Saturday, April twenty second, is his fortieth birthday. We've got a fortieth birthday party for him coming up. Uh, so this will be the last time y'all will hear him on the air or see him before he turns forty. So we're going to surprise him on Friday collectively as we all sing happy birthday uh, to Michael a little, about a week early. But but we, JC, you, whatever it takes. If you need a little liquid courage, fuck. Find a beer or two before we cut the mic on at noon on uh, on Friday. So Shoot. We can sing the yeah, mic. I think he requires any of that to break out into song. <laughs> no, it's true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nah. I, I, I can I break I'm, out in a song. Yeah. Maybe you can sing it in the Coach O voice or something like that. Happy birthday. Oh, I've got a video I need to get public. <laughs> and i got to edit it. I got, when I was at Disney, I got on the Peter Pan ride, and mm-hmm. there were five of us, so – Inevitably, old Uncle JC rides by himself a whole lot because the the baby is in love. The, the four year old's in love with Nat. She's just that's her new girlfriend, right? And so then my parents, you know, they ride together. A couple old sixty year old love love birds, right? So I'm by myself on Peter Pan, and I think I sent this to Phil, and I start narrating the ride in the Coach O voice. Coach O'Hare on the Peter Pan ride. Now, we look down and we see Wendy and Peter. And where where is Tinkerbell? We're over London Town now. Uh, those Big Ben and Parliament. Uh, little kids, Big Ben and Parliament. Uh, and then we go, oh, we're going to go around this. And I go on and on. And they get to the part where there's the, you know, the, the Indians down, you know. I'm like, so there's some sort of Native American display. <laughs> And then, we, I find, I can't, and then I got to edit it because I lost track. I cracked myself up when I said Native American display. <laughs> and we got got around, and then we picked it back up. And, oh, Hook has got a problem here with a with a gator down on the bayou, and we just shot the gator in the face, and everything would be fine. And I, and I was like, and then I like signed off just like we normally do. Coach O in the summer, Peter Pan, go <laughs> <Cole> Tigers. <laughs> One of these uh, days, we're going to get Ed on here just so y'all can talk to each other. I'm not going to say I love the guy, but oh, no, I, I, that would be – he probably – he probably – I don't know. He may take a little offense to it. I don't know. I don't uh, think he would. He's got $30 million. What does he care? I've got yeah. $30 That's million on top of all the money he already paid. That's right. <laughs> the hard body contest. Quantrus is what's um, Jonathan Paylor's future position. It's receiver. He think a faster version of Bruce Ellington. Ooh. Yeah, Bruce was a quarterback running back in high school. But yes, he was. Uh, that's why he's very elusive, you know. So um, he's really good. Uh, Clint says favorite recruit in this class, game breaker running back. What do you, are we talking about Peyton Lewis or Daniel Hill? Um, yeah, Daniel Hill, I just looked at it, man, and uh, – Oh, no, Quantrell, don't say James Wilder Jr., man. Oh, that's a bad one. I remember everybody was like, James Wilder. This is one This is one Was he cycle related to Van or no? No, he was a, his oh. dad played in the NFL. I remember James. This was one that, like, is? do I know who Van Wilder is? Of course. Yeah. Oh, okay. 
Oh, you just and answered I, it like, no, no, he's not related to Van. Like Van Wilder's a real person. No, that Van Wilder's a hero of mine because he stayed in college just as long as I did. Van uh, Wilder. So, you know, yeah, it's just a cool one. Yeah, I want to have a Van Wilder old school mix-up kind of crossover deal. They should, they should consider doing oh, that. That would be interesting, especially how they're rehashing everything in Hollywood these days. I'm surprised nobody's... Oh, they're doing everything. I, I don't know. As many people as are leaving California, Hollywood's not going to be around much longer. I still say this. The best one that they need to do, because it's the exact same daggum story. Okay. If you want to get down to it, it's the same story. It's the same story. The Matrix and Terminator. Same Dude. story. I hate it's the same story. Pretty darn close. Huh? I don't like the Matrix. I think it sucks. To be well, I know, but I love Terminator. I mean, yeah. but that's because it's all short to me. Yeah, I'll be back. And then uh, Christian Bale was in one of those Terminators and went nuts on the set and cussed everybody out. It was awesome. Okay. But I mean, look, dude, I'm saying it's the same story. So the Wachowski sisters, or I guess they're sisters now, or brothers, or they were so their brothers now they're sisters from good old Chicago. I don't know how I could sit down with my brother and write something like that and be like, dude, we're totally copying the Terminators. We're just changing a couple of things here and there. Yeah. We're just changing it. Instead of everybody kind of existing in the dark world, the machines have taken over. All the remaining humans are now plugged up to. That's right. I mean, it's the Terminator. It's not the Is future it not? anymore. It's the present. Yes, exactly. So. Yeah. <laughs> it's all about machines taking over the world. I'm like, why? What? What in the world? Per, what prevents these two stories from from getting married, having babies? But see, nobody nobody's that creative in Hollywood. They're they're that bad. <laughs> you know, <laughs> there's well, anyway. We can we can go for a while. Um, but no, James Wilder Jr. I was proud of like something I did. Like a lot of people, like one year it wasn't us. It may have been. I was at 24-7. Maybe I was at ESPN. I, I said unequivocally, James Wilder Jr. is not the number one player in the country. Not. And some other folks had him number one. And he did. It was a ripped up dude. But I, I didn't know where he was going to play. Mm-hmm. I thought he was more of a linebacker. And you don't rank a linebacker or a running back number one. He ended up demanding to play running back. And was sort of a good role player. But um, So I don't know about that with Hill. I'm kind of hoping maybe he's uh, – Brandon Wilds. How about that? Yeah. I'll take yeah, Brandon Wilds. Well, I, I remember when Brandon Wilds uh, first played because he was fifth on the depth chart. And, and you know, bang, 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 bang. Everybody <laughs> went down and, and we're going, well, who the hell's Brandon Wilds? Well, he's from Blythewood. Well, all right. But what does that mean? I mean, this guy, he's the fifth string running back. Can't be that good. Kind of worked out. Played in the NFL. I mean, you know, so. Of course, that was also the Steve Spurrier system. And that, that, that's one of the things, and, and this is, again, you know, we won't have enough time for this conversation, but this is for another day where I, where I hope that unlike what we've seen the last couple of years, you have a system with Coach Loggins where it's, it's, it is much easier to plug and play because the system allows it. You know, you, you, you have a system that allows your athletes to be athletes, and it doesn't cause them to become – scientists first and having to think through everything well they're already going to be doing that it's football like you know don't make it harder on them allow them to just go play freely and that's what Spurrier's system was so good at you know it's like okay we'll just put him in there and let 
That's why he said, we'll put the next guy in there and let him go play. I mean, they all know the offense. So, uh, you couldn't do that the last couple of years. But uh, real no, quick. Here, yeah. yeah. No, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. No, you're right. And my understanding is this thing's going to be going to be a lot. I mean, they've thrown – they know what was holding them back last year system-wise, system and they've gotten it uh, taken care of. So, uh, you yeah. know, and, and now I'm not saying other things won't hold them back. Like, what if Spencer doesn't play well? What if the receivers that are replacing Jalen Brooks and Josh Van, who are very important in the passing game last year down the stretch, what if those guys aren't good, aren't, aren't as good? What if the running back room is bad? I mean – that will be what will hold them back, in my opinion. I'd be stunned, stunned if uh, if the same issues that held them back in the last two years were, were still present. I, I just can't see that happen. I agree with you. I um, I don't think that will be the case at all. Nothing I've heard has uh, remotely close to resembled any of that. So, um, the mock drafts, of course, are are floating all over the place, guys. And uh, with the NFL draft just right around the corner on April the 27th, so we've got about a little over two weeks or so till we get there. The latest draft, mock drafts by uh, Mel Kuyper Jr. have seven, seven guys out of the SEC going in the top ten picks, so including the rest of the first round. What is interesting, though, in addition to that, if that's not interesting enough for all of you, because – find it hard to believe that it's not um Kuiper's latest first round projections now have three Clemson Tigers going in the first round there was a time not too long ago where they didn't have one now there's three you can't find Cam Smith's name essentially anywhere near the first round he has just continued to tumble down draft boards and I've even seen guys I'm not sure I think the latest one I saw him at 56 to Jacksonville and that was uh, that was also Kuiper. But I've also seen a bunch of other draft boards that actually have Darius Rush going above Cam, which would be I don't I wouldn't say that's surprising to me, but it may be sur- surprising to many others. I you know was it the interview process with Cam? It's when it started. It, uh, yeah, somebody in the uh, chat box it, mentioned it that correlates with interviews. the interviews. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I, look, I had somebody tell me that off the record, that it correlated with the interview process, saying I'm not, I can't tie it directly to that. Although he probably would be able to if he really tried. Um, but if you actually go back and look when you started to see some of that change, it was right after the interview process began. Yeah, uh, and you know, I, I, I get it. Uh, I do think he's an awfully good cover corner, though. I mean, you know, you, you got a guy like Jalen Hyatt who set college football on fire last year. The one guy that really got to him, shut him down, was Cam. Yeah. You know, uh, and and that kind of thing is what, if, instead of overthinking everything like the NFL scouts do, I can't even believe it, man, some of the decisions these guys make and the money they make to do it. But, um, and it plays out that way. The game doesn't lie. And, you know, the few years you got a bunch, you know, a bunch of fifth to seventh round picks starring and going to Pro Bowls and playing on playoff teams. And then, oh, the Bears are still the Bears or the, you know, the Lions are still the Lions. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. Nevertheless, I, I digress a bit. Um, you know, I, 
for that, and that's kind of like the same reason. Like I think that uh, the Panthers should take C.J. Stroud, and I, I don't think Stroud blo- he's not doesn't blow me away. Like in a combine setting, like Richardson would. Um, I don't think he's that as good of a passer consistently as maybe a Bryce Young. But he threw for 348 yards against a loaded Georgia defense that runs an NFL defensive system. Mm-hmm. So if that's not telling you that when he has talent around him, which you do in the NFL, your talent's pretty much equal, that he can go out there and execute and throw good passes, I don't know what more proof you need. And I haven't, I didn't always feel that way about Stroud. And then I started thinking, I was like, man, that Georgia defense is so freaky. Number one, I'm surprised anybody scored on them at all. You know, number two, that dude lit them up like a Christmas tree. So the same reason that I would probably have Cam a little higher is for that reason. You know, you look at the the good on good matchups and he did it. Now, maybe there's some other times he, he gets beat. He got beat on a slant against Clemson badly. Yeah. Um, so maybe the, they're taking the totality of it. The interview thing, my guess is that's it. There's probably something they didn't, some kind of red flag. Or it also just may be that, they, he kind of maybe slipped out of the first round and there's a team that really, really wants him in the early second and they're just trashing the dude to everybody that happens more than these mock drafts are fool's gold because, you know, everybody's got sources and they'll call and their source. And I don't know why they don't pick up on this. And uh, all of a sudden you get, you get two player personnel directors and NFL scouts just trashing a kid. Next thing you know, those that, that team drafts him. Oh, well, we just decided to take a chance. You know, come on. You're, yeah. you're trying to scare other teams off. So that may be what's happening too. Um, and I don't want to diminish this, JB, and not praise Darius Rush. I think just like uh, my wonderful bet when I took Mickelson the other day and everybody laughed at me, left him <laughs> for the Masters. I don't think anybody's taken the 20,000 to one odds three years ago that Darius Rush is going to the NFL. That's right. a corner. I just don't think anybody's – nobody's taken that deal. You know, you know, it would have paid off nicely. So, hats off to him. Uh, and, and you watch his career. You watch how Jalen Foster played uh, in 2021, earning an All-American status by Walter Camp. Uh as a former walk-on, and, and, and you know, you just – I never want to get to the point around here where we're just assuming, because when you just assume, like I just assumed in 2018 Carolina was going to have a good defense because Will Muschamp's coaching it, and they were pretty good the first two years, <laughs> and, and 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 they weren't even that good before they got decimated with injuries. I mean, see the Bulldogs, comma, Georgia game that year. Mm-hmm. Uh or the end of you the know, I, I I don't want to get a point where we were, we assume things, but I think oh, there's a track record there with Torian Gray that's good enough to where, hey, guess what? We may not all look at the body of work so far of O'Donnell Fortune and Marcella Style and think, oh, those guys, you know, I don't know. That's going to be a step back. Um, you know, we're to the point he deserves the credit to think, well, he can get those guys a lot better. Yeah. And, Mar- and quite frankly, O.D. Fortune and Marcellus, they've had their moments through the years. It's been inconsistent. Fortune had a great bowl practice to see what he did with the 100-yard pick six and stuff. So uh, it's their time, and I think that's the sign of a good program is when you have guys that the fans maybe are like, well, I don't know about this guy, you know. Um, and then all of a sudden, guess what? It's their time. They take advantage of it and, and, and star, and in some pl- cases – 
they end up being better than the dude they replaced. So just something to kind of keep keep under your hat there. Uh, I'll say this as we head to break here. Brian says, still remember Jalen Foster taking Darius Rush's hands off his hips after getting burned at Georgia, true leader. That's exactly right. And there's a bunch of other plays in here from, from many of you on Darius Rush. I had a chance to meet his family last year, and uh, it makes sense. It makes sense because when you hear Darius Rush speak, you watch him play, his discipline, you understand what type of person he is before the football player. You meet his family, yeah, it made sense quickly uh, because they are flat-out outstanding from the great town of Greeleyville, South Carolina, as a matter of fact. So, Good place, uh, good spot. Sure hope, he, uh, sure hope he goes high and changes the lives of his family as well because a young man has earned it and deserves it. And to your point on Cam Smith, and I know we got to get in the break, Phil, so we're going. There are six corners right now that are projected to go in the first round. He's not one of them. I watched a, a lot of college. I watched a lot of college football this year. To to let me give some credit to Cam Smith. There ain't six corners out there better than Cam. There weren't. So people they can disagree if they want. I know this is a Carolina show. Might might seem biased. There weren't. So somebody if they get him in the second round, they're gonna they're gonna steal him. But hopefully somebody pays him and takes him in the first. So with that said, uh, we will hit our final timeout. And we'll begin to wind down when we return on Inside the Gamecocks, the show from the Sinorama Studios. These of being back in the pool and boat are quickly approaching. Many of us don't have the time to hit the gym, but Charleston Fitness Equipment can change that for you. Outfit your home with a treadmill, elliptical, or my favorite, a home rower that allows you to row with the pros all over the world. They have free weights, home gyms, flooring, and much more that makes keeping or getting in shape much more convenient. Located in Mount Pleasant, visit charlestonfitnessequipment.com for more. Get in shape like our Gamecocks. Charleston Fitness Equipment, proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Are you looking to buy a new home? Kevin O'Connell with Union Home Mortgage is a local mortgage expert and Gamecocks fan servicing North and South Carolina. Whether you're buying a home, building your dream home with new construction, or turning your equity into cash, UHM's world-class service will ensure you find the perfect mortgage to achieve your home ownership goals. Call Kevin at 803-906-0244 or visit UHM.com today. Union Home Mortgage is an equal housing lender. NMLS 2229 LONMLS 1772182. Daddy, I want you to take me to Disney World. Calm down, calm down. JC is here. As y'all know, folks, the family and I have visited Disney World many times, but it can be overwhelming, especially if it's your first time going to the most magical place on earth. I highly recommend wherethisroadleads.com and my friend Cherie, a certified Disney vacation planner. That's right. The mouse has given her permission to book your family vacation hassle-free. You don't know where to go, don't know where to stay, don't know where to eat, don't know what to do. It can be overwhelming. So get on wherethisroadleads.com and schedule your free consultation right now. She can help you out. The prices are very reasonable. You don't pay any extra fees. Uh, in fact, she's much more reasonable maybe than booking it straight through Disney. So for your next Disney vacation or, you know, more likely your first so you don't panic, go to wherethisroadleads.com and talk to a certified Disney vacation 
planner, a partner of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. This is Braylon Wimmer, South Carolina Gamecock Baseball, and you are listening to Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Go Cox! Welcome back, everybody, to Inside the Gamecocks, the show presented to you by Express Sunrooms of Columbia. Get in touch with John and his team, 803-446-4662, to talk about how they can bring in some more sunshine into your life. Just fly through those numbers. I got it down pat. There you go. He's back. What did, what did Corey say? He's back like cook crack. Here it comes. Everybody watch <laughs> out. Uh, Phil's on the prowl. Uh, classic Phil. Classic. classic one, of the, Phil. one of the great movies out there. Uh, by the way, um, I did watch the video of this kid. Uh, final quick football note today. Marquise Henderson is visiting South Carolina from beautiful honey of path south carolina and uh as hale mcgranahan pointed out that that is from hale mcgranahan by the way on the big i did not hijack that information as my own but um I, it's been pointed out that he might be a little too small to play running back at this level but let's just wait and see he's 511 about 170 pounds now and he doesn't graduate till 2025 but his video is whew, he is a quick quick cat uh so certainly one to follow there uh, any thoughts real quick on him, JC? You know much about him, Marquise Henderson? Really good athlete. Uh, I share the concerns with, with Hale uh, size-wise, but uh, when you're talking about that far in advance, I mean, you, you're going to probably want to replace Juju McDowell at some point, right? So, uh, yeah, Because you're going to have plays in there for him. Uh, so, yeah, I can see him doing it. Uh, I like that he's in state. Um, I like the way he plays. I like his game. Uh, I think if it's not at Carolina, he'll go somewhere and play really at a high level in college, you know, and, and I think, you know, this staff does a good job of getting in on guys like that and, and, and making sure they don't leave uh, if, if they, you know, kind of fit the criteria. So uh, I think that's good. Uh, Sean asked about conference realignment. I, I'm assuming you're talking about the SEC schedule. I, I know they talked about it in at the, Basketball tournaments, basketball tournament. My guess is, since we're getting kind of close to the meeting in Destin at the end of next month, they're going to, as the SEC does, go for the uh, the big reveal, right? <laughs> uh, and I think, I think, unless they just have not come to a decision, which is possible, uh, I, I've been told they're very close, but that was the last I heard about it. Um, then I don't. I think we'll know uh, by the end. Uh, of whatever, you know, with as far as nationally goes, the Pac-12 still looking for their TV deal. I I just don't know how valuable they are. I know I know San Diego State helped their cause to get into that uh, that league with their run of the tournament, but um, I just don't know about that. I, I think the Big 12 is going to walk out of all of this a winner, and we thought that conference was going to dissolve a few years back. So it's kind of weird, but uh, that's kind of my latest on that. We, of course, are teed up by TravelingCountryClub.com, the coolest club in the Carolinas. That is Waynesville, North Carolina, in the background if you are watching our program. Uh, but there are courses everywhere now, including Mount Mitchell Golf Course up in North Carolina as well. But they've got the coast covered, too, from Myrtle Beach down to Hilton Head and everywhere in between. The Midlands, the upstate, how about Santee? Take a trip to Santee. You can play three great courses up there. Uh, on the lakes, Lake Marion and Lake Moultrie. But they're everywhere, travelingcountryclub.com. You heard Michael Manis as part of our Masters coverage last week as well. 
and uh, it is an awesome, awesome deal. So make sure you head to the website, tell your friends too. If you play one round of golf, you've already paid for yourself. So uh, travelingcountryclub.com. We'll continue that conversation. It's a, that's a, that's a big conversation to have. So we'll, we'll make sure that we continue this uh, tomorrow. Yeah. I've got that in the notes, Sean. I promise you we'll get to uh, the, um, we don't know officially who the three permanent opponents are. We certainly do have some, some tips and um, we'll, we'll get into all that tomorrow. As for tonight, Carolina seven and one in midweek games thus far this year. Pretty good, pretty darn good record. That only loss came to uh, UNC Charlotte earlier in the season, but tonight it's USC Upstate, whom they've already defeated once. This game, though, will be at Founders Park, a seven o'clock first pitch, and Derek and Tommy have got it. It'll also be, of course, available on the SEC Network Plus. It will be Matthew Becker. On the bump for the Gamecocks, who have not played since Friday afternoon. Their hearts were broken uh, via a grand slam and a late run by LSU, or they would have swept that series over the number one team in the country. And as we all know, by virtue of that, they're still at number six this week. But win tonight and take care of business in Nashville this weekend, and they'll continue to move up those rankings. Caleb Costa will oppose them. Caleb Costa is from the Low Country. He pitched at Oceanside Collegiate Academy in North Mount Pleasant as well. Um, so uh, certainly look forward to seeing how he fares against mighty bats of Gamecock baseball. But um, South Carolina, if they win, boys and girls, will be one win shy of their 30th of the season and 11 shy of number 40, which is what we always have circled around here. So we'll see. There's uh, no doubt. We'll see. Yeah, Inter- you're going to love this, JB, from t- Colin Taylor during Beaver's press conference. They ask him on going on the Masters broadcast. He's like, I'm still trying to figure out how I made the cut to get on the show. I mean, Eric Church is behind me, for goodness sake. Yeah. <laughs> no. The Chief, there you yeah. go. Yeah. Well, all hail the Chief. I was talking to a friend this morning at, um, at drop-off at school, and uh, he said, guess where I'm going this weekend? I said, where? He said, Tortuga. I said you're going down to see the chief in Tampa. He goes, "Yep." I said you <laughs> son of a, but that's okay because he's coming to my neck of the woods in June, and we'll 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 see him for the twenty fifth time. So and and Sean, I'll tell you this: uh, three permanent opponents. My guess, and this is a guess, educated guess, it'll either be Tennessee, Florida, Kentucky, or Georgia, Florida, and Kentucky. Florida, Kentucky. Yeah, I think I think you can you can probably pencil in the Gators. Dramatically change. Is it going to be Georgia or, or whatever? So, yeah, yeah. I, I... <laughs> Frank's Frank said some interesting comments today. And Frank, I'll get to your running back thing tomorrow. He says Kings of the Company can claim last game on their taxes as a donation. <laughs> hey, to see it go to waste. Yeah, that was tough. It was a yeah, that's baseball that's, kind of deal. Yeah, things well. happen when you, yeah, when so, you're the. Playing the number one team in the country, unfortunately, that can happen. As much as it stings, and it's stung, uh, yeah, they're still twenty-eight and four, and they are in a fine spot. There's no doubt about that. So, looking greatly looking forward to tonight and throughout the weekend. Good stuff today. Thanks to Lunch Pail Hail Owen McGranahan, the apparently kicker from Eastside High School. Let's we'll dig in a little bit more on that. Maybe JC will write a column about it on the Big Spur. He must it's have been overlooked wrong. by the uh, Steve Spurrier, Lou Holtz crowd. We'll, we'll have to we'll have to dig in a little deeper. On he that. was the backup 
Carolina got a kicker from Eastside. I think they've had two of them. I think they had Ryan Fowler, and then they had Drozdiak, who was in 2017. Uh, Muschamp benched him after he missed two extra points. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah, that's right, Bobby. Can't get out of here without it. Somebody, right. somebody find a reason. Fire away. Yeah, <laughs> we, got, we, we, got, we got off track. I, I meant to talk about Peyton Mangrum from Eastside being in the top six of, of his depth chart. But anyway. Alex Wozniak. Alex Wozniak. Wozniak, yeah. Wozniak. There you go. Appreciate that. All right, tomorrow. Do what? Yeah. Oh, yeah, wasn't it wasn't very good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> dynamite drop-in, Monty. That broadcasting school shirt's paying off. Uh, tomorrow, we'll be joined at the top of the program by the great and very fleet of foot, Perry Orth. And then leading off hour two, uh, former talk, sports radio host turned Nashville singer-songwriter Michael Haney uh, will be with us. On Thursday, we've got Chris Phillips, who will also be joined by Derek Scott, voice of the Gamecocks, right before they get on the road for Nashville. And then Friday, it'll be Stuart Lake and Michael Flint. So it's a full boat. We hope you'll join us. We hope you have a terrific Tuesday as well. We'll see you tomorrow at 11 on Inside the Gamecocks, powered by Electric Bikes of Charleston.